0: Welcome back. This is episode 28, and today we are going to be talking about my best tips to help an emotionally dysregulated child. And then, if it's not too long, we're going to get into my emotional regulation and how I have achieved and I master that. Uh, So, starting, there were a few things that I wanted to add from the last episode but i was so quick to get it get it done get it recorded get it out there for you that i didn't add them and then i couldn't go back and add them so this is a perfect opportunity for me to take some time and do that now i even consulted with my daughter on this because she struggles with emotional regulation so when she gets dysregulated i asked her this morning, of the things that I do, what is helpful? And she, we actually had a little bit of dysregulation this morning. This is a daily thing. This is an ongoing thing in our lives. So the better you get at seeing it and responding to it, the better your children will do. And the more regulated they will become on their own. So there are things that we can do that might feel helpful but are not, and there are things that we can do that are actually helpful. When your child is feeling dysregulated, and this is where their emotions just get really big, and if you are aware of what you're seeing, you'll be able to see that they can't control their emotions. So things that are not helpful are saying things like, calm down. It may sound like a helpful suggestion, but when your brain is on a one track to like big emotions and it is on this rail, you cannot calm down. So someone asking me to calm down when I'm in it makes it worse because all it does is draw the focus to the fact that I can't calm down. And now I'm reminded that I am the problem yet again. And that's what we want to try to avoid. Using things like, just don't think about it. Saying the obvious things is usually not the way. Because we know the obvious things, and you pointing out the obvious things doesn't make us feel any better. Of course I want to calm down. Of course I would rather not think about this horrible thing that is sending me into a spiral. But I can't. So I'm going to offer some things to do in that situation depending on the kid. I have an ADHD and an ADHD daughter, and my ADHD daughter hugs. Hugs, no matter what, hugs. That closeness, feeling someone else, sometimes I will hug her, and I will make sure we are front to front, and I will tell her, focus on my heart, focus on my breathing, listen for it, feel it. I will tell her, like, let's regulate together. And I know that sounds weird, but it's helpful. So hugs, snuggles, comforting, weighted blankets so that they feel this helps their nervous system regulate. And that is what we are trying to do. We are trying to help them regulate, not necessarily just calm down, okay? So I want you to understand what we're actually trying to do here so that the words you use are helping you do that, not causing more internal chaos, right? Snuggle, hugs, weighted blanket. Now, my ADHD daughter, when she's upset, don't touch her. That is me. So if I am spiraling and someone tries to hug me, it's almost like, I don't know, I can't explain it, but I don't like it. I don't like to be hugged or touched when I am having my meltdowns or my moments. And maybe, maybe it has something to do with my my childhood and what happened, like, when i was young but i don't like to be touched or comforted when i'm upset i don't like to be seen when i'm upset so mark knows if i'm crying or if i'm upset don't hug me and it is important to know what your kid wants or needs because we're not here a hug would make me feel better hugging my kids would make me feel better make me feel like i'm doing something but they don't want if they don't want that or that isn't comforting to them in that moment it's not helpful for them we are here for them in their moment of chaos not to do what would make us feel better And it is very important to be very careful about your words and your feelings and your emotions when a meltdown is happening. If I have frustration, then my ADHD daughter is so in tune with emotions and energy, so in tune. My breathing changes and she's like, what's wrong, mama? I try to do what is best for them. So for my ADHD daughter, I will let her have a little bit of space. I will let her cry, and I don't say things like, don't cry, don't be upset, it's not that big a deal. I say things like, it's okay, I love you, you're safe, you're okay, these are the things that I say. Or, is there something that I'm not understanding? Can you help explain it to me? But I will say, I always ask her if she wants a hug, and then I let her know that I am there four hugs, or snuggles whenever she's ready. It is so important for NeuroSpicy children, but all children, to know that no matter what happens, you will not love them any more or any less. Like This message cannot be said or shown enough. So in their moments of freak out and total meltdown because that's what it feels like is happening probably for both of you let them know that you still love them you love them just the same that is so important I will never love you more I will never love you less there is nothing you could do there is no way you could act or behave that will ever make me love you more or less than I do it is time to start creating awareness and take ownership for our feelings, our emotions. So when I get frustrated or when I get stressed, because let's face it, you are going to get frustrated. You are going to get stressed. You are not a perfect creature. You also have emotions and probably big ones. Vocalize what is happening in your body to your children. And this is where so much of the awareness comes in. This is the work that you need to be doing. So when I get frustrated or when I get stressed, I will say, so I know you can probably tell that mommy's frustrated right now. My frustration is mine. It is so important that you do not put your emotions on your kids. My frustration is mine, and then I usually explain why. Because if we think about it, Our frustration is usually because we're not doing something that is fixing the problem or we aren't able to do something or we are frustrated with our actions but it just comes out as frustration and what did I say on the last episode there's six people sitting at a story something happens and everybody has a different meaning my daughters give a meaning to my actions and reactions and if I don't explain what the actual meaning is they will usually interpret it as they did something wrong To frustrate mommy and so I will often say my frustration right now is that I don't know how to help you my frustration right now is that I want to take away your pain and I can't and the second that I say those things I see their demeanor I see their state change I see them go back to calm because now they're not running through their head on oh shit, now my big emotions are upsetting mommy. And this is definitely a cycle and something that happens. And if you think it doesn't happen, try explaining yourself and see how your kids change. Like, oh, it's not me? Because maybe it's me, but I have a feeling it's pretty heavy in the Nervous Spicy community is we have so much in our inner dialogue that we constantly think we are the problem and anything I can do to eliminate that from my daughters or anyone that I'm dealing with, the better. So when I have frustration or even when I have anger or sadness, I explain where it's coming from because it's usually me and my internal and I don't want them carrying that or adding to whatever is going on and happening with them. So if you start to feel your own feelings, you stop, you pause, you hit that pause button, and you explain what you are feeling and why. And why? Because it's usually, usually something that has to do with us and our actions, not our kids, right? And if you're still in the place of, well, you make me so stressed when you do this, Uh uh-uh, uh-uh, you get stressed. For whatever reason, your kids are just being. They are just living and existing. This is not a time to blame them for your emotions or lack of control with your emotions. Do we see the problem here? The next thing that we can do is interrupt the pattern. And I don't mean interrupt the pattern by saying, stop it or just telling them to think about something else because they can't. They're on a one-track train here. And the only way to stop the track is to totally derail it really quick and give it something else productive or fun to do. So this morning, my daughter forgot she had math homework last night, so we had to do it this morning, and that probably meant that she was going to miss the bus. Now, if this was me, I... Like, it was all on me to get my ass to the bus on time. And if I didn't, then I got in trouble. I'm not here to raise independent children. I am here to raise emotionally healthy children. It doesn't matter. I will drive you to school. No big deal. Let's take the time we need with this. But she still, she was already on the one-track train. So she's getting worked up. I did give her a hug. Hugs are always it for us. So there was the hug. Here's a parenting pro tip. Don't let go first. When your kids give you a hug, when you hug your kids, don't be the first to let go. Let them hold on to that hug as long as they need it to feel safe or regulated. Huge tip right there. So after the hug, she was still, um, and anything that I was saying wasn't doing it. And then I, when I can't say the right thing, I find my brain saying like, okay, let's just calm down. That's not helpful. That's not helpful. She can't. I know this. You can interrupt with kids. You can interrupt the pattern with silliness. So I straight up said, all right, we we need to interrupt this. Get up and show me your wiggles get up and do the wiggles get up and wiggle it all out make silly noises just be goofy let me see how silly you can be and it kind of caught her off guard because she was in a sad and stressed phase so then she stood up and she just starts making all these weird noises and she's wiggling out we call it like you got to get out the wiggles to find the giggles if you can remember that so in the middle of this She's just like, and then she sat down and she was able to do it. The only way that I have found interrupting the pattern with kids is with silliness. You can't interrupt the pattern with seriousness because then they think that you are disciplining them. It feels like a discipline to our brain. So instead of saying things that put the focus on us, get it out of their body, reconnect them to their silly side. You can't be silly and stressed at the same time. You can't be mad and grateful at the same time. So this is a a tip for yourself when you are feeling angry or mad or sad, pause take a step back and think about what can i be grateful for what am i happy about where is the joy right now because if you shift your focus from anger and frustration to gratitude you can't feel both at once you can't be angry and grateful at the same time i need you to remember that because we are talking about regulating our own emotions too and for adults you can break that you can interrupt your pattern with anything music Music is usually how I interrupt my pattern. For me and for my kids, music also works. When I was getting my allergy testing done, that, it was horrible sitting there. I chose my arms because I'm visual. I like to see it. If my arms are itching, I want to see that what is supposed to happen is actually happening. And that has to do with my brain, right? It was itching so bad, so we turned on some music And the itch went away. It still itched, but it wasn't the only thing I was thinking of. I was singing the songs. I was getting into the music. And it distracted me. It does the same thing for our kids. Put on, both of my kids have a peak state playlist on my phone. And that is their favorite pump up jams. Songs that make them feel good. And that no matter what, they will get them out of a funk. So put a couple songs on your phone. Feel free to pull one up put it on have a dance party then go back to the homework then go back to whatever you were dealing with and see that it is in a different energy space next validating their feelings holy crap this is a big one don't ever minimize the feelings because here's what happens when someone doesn't validate my feelings My brain will make them bigger. My brain will fight for those feelings. We will fight to be justified and seen. So if you don't accept my sadness, I'm about to get real fucking sad. I'm about to get so sad that you can't deny it. Does that make sense? If you don't validate the feelings, they will get bigger because they are looking to be seen, heard, and validated, and you can't shove them away or make them smaller by ignoring them. So if your kid is stressed, I'm sorry you're stressed. That must be stressful for you. Get on their level. Even if you don't understand it, even if it's the most crazy, ridiculous thing in the world, it's hard for them or they wouldn't be feeling these things. They wouldn't be expressing their emotions in this way if something hadn't happened. This isn't just for attention or anything else that you may have been told. Anything that may have been said to you is none of those things. It's just your brain and the way it works. It gets big and it gets lost in its feelings and until they are seen and felt and comforted and justified they aren't going anywhere so if you aren't validating feelings they're gonna hold on to them they are gonna fight for them I was so depressed so depressed, but everyone kept telling me it was in my head and things weren't that bad. So guess what? My brain kept getting more and more depressed. It was fighting for validation that it was never getting. So it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I understand that your view of the world is totally different than your child or your teenager, but telling them things like that doesn't matter is not helpful. It wasn't helpful for you, and yet we do it because it's what we know. And this is where we have to retrain ourselves to pause and respond instead of reacting. It's so important because 9 out of 10 of the things that happened to me, the things that were said to me, didn't feel good. Didn't feel good. And when they didn't feel good, the only person to blame for that was me, because they were trying to help. And because I didn't accept that help or it didn't help me, I was wrong, not them. And that is not it. So I'm here to clear that up right now. So I hope we're good on validating the feelings. Let me tell you a little something about girls versus boys and women versus men. Women, girls, females have to want to make things bigger before they can pack them away. Males want to fix it. So I'm talking to all the men out there because my husband is learning as a man who just wants to come in and fix everything that you can't fix it for us. And we don't actually want you to fix it. We just want you to be in it with us. And not in the chaos, but in the understanding that we're having a hard time and we need to work through it before we can put it away, right? So keep that in mind, that your females will want to make things bigger. They are not being dramatic. They are not exaggerating. It is in their DNA to make things bigger, to figure it out, to connect the pieces to whatever before we can let it go but that also brings up the topic of you aren't here to fix your kids because they don't need fixing they just need supported all right so that's all i have on adding to that and we are at 20 minutes so i kind of think that I'm going to record a whole other episode on emotional regulation because it's a different topic entirely. And I really like this. So I might change the title of my best tips on dealing with emotional dysregulation. But if you have any questions, please comment, please reach out to me. As always, I have the hot mess success community, which is a community for my podcast where I share all the episodes where I share other things And yeah, and if you're not catching the lives, I am actually doing the lives on my Facebook page, my personal page. So we're going to wrap this one up today. There was a lot of good tips in here, and I hope that you listen to this as many times as you need. And I'm glad that it's short because I want it to be something that you can listen to on the way to the pickup line. You can listen to this. You can even take a 20-minute pause, listen to this, and then come back and help your kiddo or yourself, whatever you need. All right. That's it. We will see you again soon. Thanks.